Blog Talk Radio. Well, hello, hello. Welcome once again to our weekly broadcast. I'm your host, Minister Joy Lewis, and you're listening to Free on the Inside Ministry, a ministry to inform you, to encourage you, and to challenge you to be all you could be. Thank you once again for joining us. Uh, it's been a long week. We pray things have been going well with you. Again, I will call in number. I'm giving it out again because the number has changed somewhat. So I want you to make note of this and write it down and share it with your family, friends, and loved ones. And tell them that the internet program that's on that's talking about stuff that's serious, that's talking about stuff that makes a difference, talking about stuff that's going to change your life. We ain't just talking about gossip and rumors and whatsoever they may be, but talking about some things that are dirty your heart, some things that are actual facts, some things that have changed the course of your life. And I love that, man. Don't tell me I done messed up. Tell me how I can change this here situation. Tell me that I'm the head and not the tail. Tell me that I can't be more than what I think I am right now in a good sense, you know. Don't tell me how to make no quick money. Cause guess what? Because I wouldn't value that dog, so I'd take advantage of that. Guess what? If I made it quick one time, I'd go back and try to do it again, and that's why I fell at that, not taking up the, uh, uh, the cost of what it took to get that quick money. Sometimes we lose our freedom. Sometimes we lose our mind. Sometimes we lose our position in life because we don't want to wait and be patient. That's why I said this internet program allows you to uh, contemplate the things that God has for you to do. You know, an internet program to challenge you. Wait a minute, man. I don't have to do that. Cost the world is doing some things. I don't have to do that. Encourage you. Wait a minute. You mean that I could be more than what you said that I am? More than what I think I can be? And, you know, and to inform you that there is light at the end of the t- tongue to inform you that what Jeremiah said that God knows the plans he has for you to prosper you and to do you no harm and to bring about expected end. I love that. I love that. God, we don't know what tomorrow holds, but we know who holds tomorrow. Again, I'll give you time to get a pen for that calling number. So write this down. It's 563-999-3596. Again, that calling number is 563-999-3596. Make a note of it. Write that down somewhere. Hold fast to it and share it with your family and friends. We own every Saturday morning if Lawrence allows to. A lot of times we do some archives uh, program because we we have other things that we need to do at the 8 o'clock hour. I'm a morning person. You know, I get up, I'm ready to go, man. You know, about about six or seven in the evening, I start slowing down. But I love to uh, make use of my time in the morning. You know, Jesus told his disciples at one time, he said, I must work the work of him that sent me because when evening come, when night come, I, no man can do any work. I'll let you know that sometimes, you know, it's going to be a time in your life that you're not able to do the things you used to do. You're not able to get on up and able to enjoy breakfast, enjoy the coolness of the morning, enjoy a good cup of coffee if you drink coffee, just enjoy things that you uh, that you enjoy doing at this moment here, because through the process of time, our body slows down, our eyesight gets weak, our muscles lose their strength, our stamina sort of fades away, so while you still have that energy, while you still have that eyesight, while you still have that stamina, go on and do the things that God put to your hands to do be a blessing to someone. Let someone be a blessing to you. Let God manifest his power in you and let the world see that for Christ I live and for Christ I die. I'd like to just share with you just what happened to us last weekend. We went and did our uh, 
street ministry. Oh, we had a great time in the Lord. You know, as I was setting these things up, I'm always amazed at the people that come by. I'm pleasantly uh, pleased with it. Excuse me. Because, you know, some people tell you they'll come by, and they don't show up. And I understand that things happen, and so I don't count it against them. But yet, yet the people that do show up, they, uh, it's only because God put touched their hearts and they allowed them to come out. And we had a great time. We had a, uh, a lot of volunteers that came out. We had a venue where we had uh, clothes and uh, uh, winter clothes and, and some partially summer clothes. We had some shoes and we had some backpacks and uh, and hats and some gloves, you know, getting ready for the change of the season. And, you know, it's always good to be prepared for that. And these are our brothers and sisters, and we had food and we had a good word, so uh, 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 a word to encourage them. We had testimonies, and we had music, and we had a great time in the Lord. And the men and women were excited about it. And when the men and women was looking forward to something like that, they said, "Brother, we receive a lot of things, but sometimes we don't receive the word of God." People do drive-bys, and I'm guilty of that. I do a drive-by and drop off some food and just say hello, and may say a little breath prayer with them. And they said, "Man." But we really miss it, people just spending time with us. And we understand that there's a lot of ministries doing that, but there's always need for more. I think so much as uh, John the Baptist, you know, John, the one that saw Jesus, the one that said, uh, you know, you're just a, 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 a nest of vipers where you're talking to the religious leader. And St. John that saw Jesus on the horizon and said, Behold, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. That St. John told his disciples when he was in jail, when John time was drawing near, when John said, hey, I don't know what this thing is, is, is all about. I don't know if I've been doing the right thing or have I made a mistake. And he said to his disciples, hey, go and ask Jesus, are you the one that, that was promised or is there another one? And Jesus said back to his disciples and told us, hey, John, you know, you heard of the things that I've done, how the blind have received a sight, and how those that was captured in sin have been set free how the lame is walking. What do you think, John? You know, you have to make you have to make this thing personal, you know, John. What do you think? But again, John told his disciples that came to him prior to what I just mentioned to say, hey, you know, this man Jesus is out there and he's gathering up disciples and he's doing a great thing. He may be doing more than you, John. What should we do? Should we get in the midst of one of his sessions and break it up? Say, get out of here, get out of here. You know, you're, we're John people. We're not Jesus. John said, no, 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 don't do that. Don't do that. He said, those that are, if they're not against us, they false. I got to thinking. You know, as you do ministry, and if you see other men and women doing the same thing that you're doing, and they may have great success at it. Some people, you read that with them, and they got a whole mass of people on one side of you and a whole mass on the whole other side, and there's nobody right there with you, then you start getting mad. So oh, I, I was down here, fair. You know, they taking away our people. No, 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 no. That's just confirmation that God is giving you help. He said that the labor is great, but the laborers are few. Pray to the God of the harvest. So sometimes we can't meet everyone need, but someone else can. And I've gone back to where I was saying, you know, what other people, what a man was saying that we receive food, we receive the clothes, and all the other things. But sometimes we miss in the word in your ministry, in our ministry, in God's ministry. He give us what we need to meet the, the needs of God's people. You know, some people are great in oratorial speaking. God give them what they need. Some people good at giving a, a helping hand. God give them that right there. But it all works out to the glory of God. Those men and women in which we minister to.
Good man, thank you for the word was powerful, the testimony was powerful. Thank you for the resources we have. And, you know, and this is what uh, I've been looking for, someone to talk to me, someone to help me, someone to encourage me. We know we have some pamphlets that we pass out uh, that we tell them where the locations are to get their ID, where they can go and get some medical care, where they can go and see about their uh, uh, Social Security and, and get their uh, pay staff or whatever it may be. Uh, going, uh, uh, getting corrected because we just don't get them uh, just food and clothes. We get them information they can use, and that's what Jesus did. He told them, He said, Now I'm giving you this here, but you can go to the priest and get it confirmation. To us, we said, I'm gonna share the gospel with you, but you go on over there to the hospital and let the doctor say, You go down there to your attorney, let him take it. You go on over here where someone is hiring and see if that's have a job for you, and that's what we do in ministry. We give people a hope, we give people's confirmation and a desire to keep going on. And I got to thinking in my own life, it had not been for someone telling me about how good God is, where would I be, where would you be? You know, we don't do this here on our own. It's only because God brings men and women into our life. And so I want you to know that you are a work in progress, that God is still using you, and that you too can change someone's life. If you too can make a difference. I say help change the life because, you know, sometimes, you know, you think about that. What does it be, man? You say, wait a minute, help change the life. I can't do anything. No, you can't, but maybe God working in you can change someone's life. If people saw how messed up you were, then they say, wait a minute, you done changed your life. Then surely there must be something about this God, amen. When you holding down a job and you never really working out, you getting ready to get a five-year pen, a ten-year pen, or maybe getting ready to retire. And people see you, man, I remember you, man. I never know you'd have a job, and now you you getting ready to retire. You've been there ten years. Wait a minute, you hiring people now? I know you never had a job yet. You married? I didn't think you were going to still be married. I remember you had separated, and now God had brought y'all back together. You know, that's how you change lives, amen. Te- preaching the gospel is great. Encouraging people, sharing scripture with them, emailing scripture and stuff. And that's great. But when they can see you, when they can touch you, when they can be a friend to you and they see that your life hasn't changed. You know, I've been doing this podcast for for quite a while and sometimes I ain't got nothing to say. Sometimes I got plenty to say. Sometimes we have guests and sometimes we have no guests. But consistency is what it's all about. Consistency is what changes the lives of men and women. When I see you being consistent in the midst of a famine, in the midst of unemployment, in the midst of health issues, I say, surely there must be a God. When you're being consistent with a family's issues, when you're being consistent with lack of finances, when you're being consistent even when you have finances, just being consistent, that blows me away. I said, man, if they can do it, sure I can. I knew a man some time ago, talking about consistency, this brother here, and just life had just been changed. He didn't have very many clothes, but the clothes he had, he took good care of them. He wore, uh, he wore them to church. I recall this brother, and I never said nothing about it, but I always know he had the same suit he wore this, uh, for Sunday after Sunday for six months. He had the same suit on. You know, and, and, and it looked good, but I can think about the same suit where everyone would change. And some people used to say, I don't have no clothes to wear, but this man wore that same suit. He was being consistent. And guess what? God blessed him with someone, donated him some clothes, and he was able to buy him some more clothes. But I thought about being consistent. 
in the Bible, you hear men and women being consistent, and God was blessing them. They were consistent in their faith. And you know, Hebrews 11 said that that faith, that substance, things hope for the evidence of things not seen, being consistent at everything that we do. Amen. Concerning the Word of God, concerning the Word of God, I could be a consistent drunk, but it don't benefit God. I could be a consistent uh, slanger, a banger, but it's not it's not glorifying God. But the thing that you're doing that's glorifying God, you can be consistent at it. We have someone that's on the line this morning. We're gonna bring them in and see if they have anything to say. Good morning, caller. You on the net? Welcome to our weekly podcast. I'm Minister Lewis. You have anything yep. to say? Hello, welcome. Good morning. Good morning, good morning. Who am I speaking with? My name is Billy. I'm Billy, great. God bless you, Billy. Thank you for listening in this morning. Billy, we were just uh, encouraging ourselves, encouraging everyone else about being consistent. How God value and honor men and women that being consistent. You know, we can be tossed to and fro about every wind and doctrine, but being consistent is what glorifies God. What do you think about that? I believe consistency is good, Dave, and Jesus was consistent. So I believe natural man should be the same way. Uh, here in Alabama, we go to church on Saturday, not Sunday, but it's consistently on Saturday. I know that Jesus was consistent this way. He consistently had a beard. He had a long white dress that he wore there all the time. And he walked around and sang. And Jesus drank wine all the time. Everybody know that? I just wonder if y'all if y'all understand how Jesus he sort of almost gay, if you think about it. But at least he was consistent so you could take his message there and just work with him. And I believe to live through life, like, even in, in the hills of Alabama, we just love Jesus. And we know what he looked like, and we know he was probably a gay man. But that's okay. He may, he may have been a half a half and a half a gay. It don't matter. Jesus was beautiful. And what I don't understand, though, is was he mixed with the black. I don't know if he was mixed with the black or not, if he was all on one sort of mixed up color. You know how sometimes you're making pudding and uh, you just mix a bunch of stuff in there and it all comes out to be a, a, a brown color. Maybe that was the case. I don't know. So, yes, I believe consistency is important. Right there, I mean, you need, you need your tractor to run in the morning. And uh, so you got to consistently put oil in it. And uh, to make it to make it go up down the hill there. So, yeah, oh, that's so true. I, I thank you for sharing that there with us, and we have some more people on the line. But thank you for tuning I, in. I please, uh, please continue to listen to this program. We're on every Saturday morning uh, with great topics, and with you, you've been a great guest on that. Thank you about sharing about I will the system. I'll do that. I'll do that for you, family. All right, then do that. Then God bless you. Then even in the hills of Alabama. God is calling people to be consistent. Thank you, there, Billy, and continue to listen. Okay. Hallelujah. Oh, we we want to thank that uh, brother Billy for uh, tuning in and listening to us and giving us his take on the gospel and how he's saying that our Lord and Savior was no no respect of person. Hey, went for, hey, he 
uh, was with, uh, you know, the people he mixed with. And I, I, he brought up something about how Jesus was drinking the wine, and even the even the religious leader, look at you, you hanging out with with uh, with the uh, with wine drinkers in the Babylon or something, <laughs> you know. And Jesus was doing what was accustomed to it at that time. He was associating with the people the low esteem. Now, hey, amen. Aren't you glad that? Because guess what? If it had not been for the Lord on my side. Where would I be? You know, I was messed up from the flow up, but because he saw something in me that I didn't see in myself. You know, Romans put it like this. What manner of love is this that a man would lay down his life for another? Nobody but God. You know, I know a lot of people that I bet you do too. I respect a lot of people, but it very seldom I would just jump in front of a moving vehicle for someone or run into a house or something. I would do it, but not thinking about it. But if I just sit back and say, wow, that fire is so raging. Wow, that car is cut up. You know, I would do it on instinct, probably save life. But once you thought about it, Jesus had a chance to think about it. He spent 33 years. 33 years. He said, I was born for this here. The latter three, uh, last three years of his life, he had went around and he knew that men was out to get it, religious leaders didn't think very much of him, but he said, hey, I'm going to be consistent. He said, what did he say? I'm not doing no more than what my father had me to do or no more than what my father tell me to do. Aren't you glad that we don't have to just go out on our own as long as we're doing what the master asks us to do and we can be successful? Not the success of this world, but the success that comes from God. I want to share with you a portion of Scripture, First Corinthians 1 one through eighteen to twenty five. And it says it says that, that this gospel message that we preach, this gospel message that we preach, it may be foolish to those that are perishing, but to us we are saved by it for we know that it is the power of God. But this message that we preach may be foolish to those that allow hope, those that are confused, those that and that is without. But to us that have been saved by it, it is the power of God. I got to thinking how God used the foolishness of preaching to save those that believe. How you just believe in your heart and confess in your mind, and you too can be saved. We can't undo any of the things that, that, that we have done that was, that was against the will of God, that was contrary to God's will. But yet, if we turn our life around and we believe in our heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior, too can be saved. I think so much as Rahab in the Bible in Joshua the seventh chapter how Rahab ran a brothel that really was talking about how Rahab was serving drinks and Rahab had prostitutes in there and Rahab had gamblers. She had all those things that we're accustomed to. Yeah she did, she did she did. But God people, the presence of God visit her in the midst of it. Can you imagine? It was foolish for her to say hey you know, I got it going on here. I'm around this big wall. You know, we know what y'all have done, but you can't come in here. You can't hurt us. And, and you know, and, and we are protected. She said, hey, I understand what's going on. It was foolish for Rahab to say, hey, I I, I think y'all going to take this because she seen what they had done. But yet, she said, hey, I could just be here and be safe. But yet, she believed in the word of God. She believed in the preaching of God. She believed in the message of God. And to the point that she said, hey, I believe in your God. I believe in that message. It may be foolish to all them around us, but me, I believe. And I don't just believe. I want my family to believe by my lack of, by my, uh, lack of understanding. 
by me taking uh, uh, charge of my uh, of the things that's going on, by me changing my life. I believe to the point that I not only want to be saved, but I'm going to make an arrangement. Which you know, she was kind of she was hustling. Let's put it that way. She said, "Hey, if you save me, I save you." Little did she know that God had her already in the in the mix, and God already had things worked out. Uh, uh, you know, for her, her family, for future events. I'm saying for future events. But God knows the plans He has for each and every one of us. And Rahab said, "You know, I, I just, I, I just don't want to be saved and, and you know, insecure when y'all come and take over the city here. I want my mother, my father, my sister, my brother. You know, she wants her whole clan. She wants all the people that were dear to her heart, and that should be our plight also. God, I just don't want." Uh, I just don't want to be saved and sanctified and filled with the Holy Ghost, but I want my mama, my brothers, my sisters, my dad, all those that are still with us today. We realize that some of our loved ones are gone home, but those that are here with us today, those that we talk on a, to on a regular basis, those that we see during the holidays, especially then, we want those people to have that relationship that we have with God. And we know that that relationship, it doesn't come without challenges. But God strengthen us, the Lord. Put a hedge of protection around each and every one of us. Let us let us not turn to the left of our ways or to the right of our way. Let us go straight to the narrow path. And let us be hooked up to your GPS system and let you order our steps. And Rahab, she had this here request from the man to God. And guess what? And God honored her request. Amen. How do we know? Because she's mentioned in the book of Hebrews. The 11th chapter, the 31st verse, and it said that the harlot Rahab, because of her faith, that she saved herself and her household. Amen. It said the harlot. They said that harlot means she was a, a malefactor. That means that she didn't quite do things right. That God knew that her life was a little shaky. But because of her faith, he changed her life around. Amen. And guess what? God could do the same thing for you and your family. And Rahab was mentioned in the Hebrews 11, chapter the 31st verse, and guess what? She first mentioned in Joshua 2, 13. Look at, wait a minute, that number, that's a 3 and a 1, and a 1 and a 3, that's that same number revert. God could do a turnaround in your life, amen, if you let him turn around. This gospel message that we preach may be foolish to some, but to us that have been saved, it is the power of God. It turned my life around. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved someone like me. Guess I was was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. Do you see God had that work in your life? I want you to be consistent, as we talked about earlier, and let God work his wonder working power in your life. Let God turn things around in your life. Quit trying to do it yourself, because guess what? We fall short, but when God is in the mix, he makes everything works out. I think so much as uh, in the book of Kings, there was a prophet, Elijah, he was making the rounds to the sent all the prophets and the children of Israel and there was a famine in the land and he came across the school of prophets there he'd have been there several times and there was a famine and he sent one into the countryside to get up some shrubs and, 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 and roots and whatever it could do to make a stew and and this one guy he sent out unawarely of not paying attention of, of just not knowing but he brought back some stuff to make a stew and, and, the, uh, and the shrubbery and the herbs and and the roots he put in the soup, it had a bad taste to it. The scripture said it was poison in the pot. And as he was giving it to the to the other uh, uh, students and the other apostles, 
and, and, and to the other people at the schoolhouse and put it that way at the school and they were pausing in the pot and they hollered out, oh man to God there's something in the pot, oh man to God there's pausing in the pot I want you to know today, when you don't have Jesus in the mix, that's pausing in the pot when you don't let Jesus be in the end of your finances, that's pausing in the pot when you don't let Jesus come into your home life with family, wives and kids, that's pausing in the pot when you don't let Jesus order your steps that's pausing in the pot, anything without Jesus, that's pausing in the pot but there's a remedy, there's a remedy, the man that God has some flour, and he said, now put this flour in the parchment, in the stew, and stir it up, and guess what, it'll be pleasant to eat, it'll be safe to eat, it'll, it, it'll restore you, and they put it in the stew, and they ate it, and it, and it made the stew edible, I want you to know, you keep Jesus in the midst of it, he's that bread of life, them that hunger should not want no more, you're hungry for things of this world, you, those things of this world won't profit you nothing, but if you're hungry for Jesus, he'll fill you up with spiritual things, with those things that are noble, those things that are just, those things that are right. He'll fill you up with that good, uh, with the good things of life. Amen. He said, hey, cast all your cares upon me. Jesus said, for I cares for you. Thank you, Lord, for caring for me. Thank you, Lord, for giving me another chance. Thank you, God, for what you've done for me. Thank you, God, for putting a, 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 the, the drive and still in me to be consistent. Yes, the world don't understand. My family don't understand. And I don't even understand sometimes, God. But just like fire that shit up in my bones, I'm going to be consistent. But it's on a, on a podcast that that I speak on every Saturday, I'm going to be consistent. Whether it's being a family man, going to work and coming home and being with the kids, I'm going to be consistent. Whether it's on my job, showing up on time, I'm going to be consistent. If I'm an elderly person and just sitting at home all day, I'm going to be consistent. Just honoring you at everything that I do, let's looking back and thanking you for how you watched over me and my house. I'm going to be consistent going in. I'm going to be consistent coming out because there's a blessing, amen. Anytime I'm doing things that are pleasing to you, there's a blessing. Every day is not a good day, but every day is a godly day. Amen. Because the rain falls on the just as well as the unjust. Don't be overly concerned about famine, about finances, about education, about the voting system, about the uh, or your uh, whatever it may be. I'm put it that way because there's so many things that we can talk about, but we want to talk about the goodness of God. Don't be overly concerned about those things because Jesus, he says, Hey, Father, all things have been put into your hand. I commend my soul to you. Turn it over to Jesus for the king, our king Jesus, and the heart of, of the king is in the hands of the other master. You know, our political system is seen to be messed up. Our justice system seems to be messed up. Our health system seems to be messed up. I'm talking about just messed up, period. You know, we live long enough. Things come and go, come and go. But we'll not be overly concerned about it. Don't be complaining about everything. Just turn it over to the Lord in prayer. God, I pray for my leader. God, I pray for the government official. God, I pray for my job. I pray for my house. God, I pray for my kids. Just turn it over to Jesus, and he'll work things out. Being free on the inside is what we're talking about. And that freedom only comes from Christ Jesus, who the Son said free, he's free indeed. Thank you for listening to me this morning. I pray that you have been encouraged. I pray that you be consistent through the rest of the day and through the uh, days to come. And then when we talk again, and when we talk again, you can too give me a testimony about being consistent, how it made a difference. 
being consistent, how it changed your life. Being consistent is the way to go. Amen. Be strong in the Lord and the power is my gracious Heavenly Father. Thank you once again for allowing us to come here to, and share uh, uh, with our family and friends. Thank you, dear Lord, for uh, what you're doing in our lives. Thank you for, being con- uh, for us being consistent. Dear Lord, as we go out and we share the good news, our Lord say with our brothers and sisters that are living on the street, the one that's in jail, the one that's living in shelter. We pray that we're being consistent to the Word of God. We pray that their lives are being changed. We pray, dear Lord, that they'll see your hand at work, not so much as the speaker hand, not so much as the food and the clothes that have been given, but the, but the hand of God. And, the, and, and you are no respect of person. And, dear Lord, you said that I will love you just like a brother. Dear Lord, thank you for that everlasting love. Thank you for that love that's always present. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. We uh, close out this prayer with thanking you as always, dear Lord. Thank you. Thank you once again, listen, audience, for listening to Free on the Inside Ministry, a ministry to encourage you, to inform you, and to challenge you to be all you could be in Christ Jesus. Remember, the word for today is being consistent. Being consistent in everything you do, and God gets the glory. Amen. Bye. Have a great day in the Lord.